Mr. Speaker. Yes, that's right. It's time to get to political here on Radio 191 FM. This morning I'm joined by Dr. Phil Ferguson and John Moore. Sarah Martin unfortunately cannot make it this morning. So, Morena, to you both, gents. Morena. How are we today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. That's yeah, great. Still a it's bit sleepy. Still a bit sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up and at him. Wide awake. Yeah, that's right. And then for a chat, well, it's been a busy morning, let me tell you. Uh, Anyway, we're going to talk about free speech, hate speech, and censorship and the blurry lines between them all. Or are they just all blurred into one? Um, Yeah, it's been a big week. Yes. Uh, for the issues of free speech in New Zealand, the two uh, Canadian alt-righters, uh, of course, um, they had their venue cancelled at the last minute. Uh, Don Brash was banned from speaking at Massey University. Oh, the irony there. Um, William Massey, of course, one of New Zealand's greatest uh, bigots and racists. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And uh, Alex Jones uh, was banned <laughs> from Facebook, YouTube and Apple, which is just brilliant. It's hilarious. That one I I can go along with uh, wholeheartedly. Um, But uh, it's hard to compare the three, to be honest. Um, So, I mean, why don't we focus right now on Brash. We'll start with Brash. Uh, He was asked to make a speech at Massey by the polls department uh, about his career Mm. uh, in New Zealand politics. We're talking about his leadership of uh, two... Uh, well, I was going to say two major parties, but one, a ma- major yeah, party well, you, one used to be a major, I guess you could say. Um, you know, um, but he said some pretty diverse, uh, diverse comments in the past. So, um, looks like the vice chancellor of uh, a, a, a a university in this country has decided no, you can't speak, which I think is outrageous. Oh, ridiculous! Um, and. Uh, I, I guess it's part of a growing sign that uh, various government institutions, private institutions uh, and, and bodies within civil society are more and more calling for censorship of ideas that they're not happy with. Now I just want to emphasise that when I defend Don Brish's right to speak at Massey University, it doesn't mean that I agree with his politics at all. In fact, I'm quite strongly against his mm, politics. Mm, I must put that out there for myself <laughs> yeah. as well. And the, the two uh, so-called alt-right Canadians, um, uh, when they were uh, effectively, uh, their attempts to speak publicly in New Zealand were curtailed, um, I would defend their right to speak as well, as well as the right of people to hold protest mm. against them. Which, and, we, which and, we did. Yeah, and to say how offensive they find their views are. But again, uh, in no way do I defend their politics and and uh, their ideas, which I find obnoxious. Um, and that, that's, a, that's an unfortunate part in this debate, that it's become almost a cultural political war, that if you are seen to push for the defence of free speech, such as the right of Don Brash to speak on campuses around the country, you're seen as politically aligned with these people mm. and 
Um, and it's unfortunate that it's taken a left-right divide that people on the left tend to call for these people to be banned, not not exclusively uh, on the left. And they are left-wing. I listen to myself on the left, as I know Phil does, and we would both, I, I think Phil would argue for <laughs> the right of John Brash to speak on campus. Um, uh, and it tends to be people on the right uh, that are, are now calling for free, free speech and political freedom, which is very much a reverse of what we saw in the 60s and 70s, where there were huge campaigns on campuses throughout the West uh, calling for free speech on campuses and political freedom and social freedom for students. Uh, and now we've almost got a reverse situation where it's uh, um, people on the left on campuses in Britain and the USA and to a lesser degree here in New Zealand who are actually calling for the banning of people they find offensive and mm. that's a dangerous precedent and you should be careful I guess I'd say to these left wing activists be careful of what you wish for yes uh, you might be able to curtail the right of some nasty right wingers to speak publicly uh, but you're very likely to be next once that precedent has been set uh, that uh, universities or um, platforms like Facebook and, and Google have a right to ban people who are seen as extreme. It won't be just people on the extreme right that start to get banned. It will be people on the extreme left and it will be people who are seen as unwholesome. So be careful mm. of what you wish for. Yes. I mean, uh, Phil, university is a place for debate, uh, for different views coming together on a, to, in an open platform uh, to be discussed. And to be debated, uh, and um, and that allows other people to form ideas uh, and helps them come to some kind of uh, you know to thought. I mean, that's what it's all about. Um, even even in the classroom, that's what it's about. So this is the exact place where uh, Don Brash may his views be. Um, you know, uh, ridiculous uh, and wrong, as some of us may see, uh, but other people don't. So, but that's a place where he should be allowed to speak, and then um, you know, people have the right to protest that uh, and, and and to rebut that as well. Yeah, and I thought we were supposed to be embracing diversity, but apparently, apparently, the vice chancellor Massey hasn't quite got the message. Um, I thought it was quite extraordinary. It was incredibly high-handed and autocratic and actually completely outrageous mm. that she made that decision and that, well, that she made the decision in the first place, she bullshitted about it being a health and safety issue. She hid behind that, so I think not very, not showing a lot of integrity there. Mm. And then she refused to front up on camera to defend it. And I mean, these people are paid, I don't know exactly what her salary is, but VCs, you know, they're around the half a million yes, dollar oh yes. a year mark at least. They're, they're, as far as I'm aware, they're paid m more highly than the Prime Minister of the country. Um, and, you know, she's treating Massey as if it's her little fiefdom. Um, absolutely outrageous decision um, to ban him. And Thankfully, like there's a senior academic at Massey, Chris Gallivan, um, fair play to him. You know, he had the integrity to come out and criticise her, which you know, quite a lot did I think for Massey. Oh right, oh good, yeah, including the deputy uh, prof vice chancellor. Right, excellent. Um, yeah, because often in these situations, academics aren't exactly the most courageous people. Yeah, <laughs> they keep their heads down. So it's good that she's come under a lot of a lot of fire and. I think we need to be really, really weary about 
the kind of institutions like John mentioned, you know, state institutions, public institutions, semi-public institutions, and so on, um, where this or that individual takes it upon themselves to start banning things. I mean, we already had the example at Otago with the menstruation issue of critic and somebody in the power structure here taking it on themselves to basically try to ban that issue by getting hold, getting security guards to get hold of it and, and, and destroy it. Mm. You know, like John said, it's a slippery slope, then these are really dangerous things to be to be happening and it's very unfortunate that a lot of the people who they didn't necessarily call for um, Don Brash to be banned from Massey, but they took some delight in it, are people who consider themselves to be left-wing. There's absolutely nothing left-wing about people in the power structure banning other people from speaking. Mm. And historically, you know, it's been people on the left have been banned and anybody on the left should be very highly sensitive to free speech. Highly sensitive, all right. Um, right, I mean, what are Brash, Brash's views? And where do they sit within uh, New Zealand's society? I myself would hazard to guess and this is from people that I talk to um, on the street and I've talked about this uh, uh, this very thing about Brash a few times and a couple of times this week I would imagine there's a 30% against Brash's views, 30% for Brash's views and about the rest of them just don't give a shit. Yeah quite possibly and um, I think we have to be careful when uh, uh, looking at where Brash is actually coming from on the political spectrum um, the Infamous Arewa speech was seen as a, a race-baiting speech that mm. was targeting Māori, um, and I certainly think that uh, with that speech, Brash was appealing to large sections of the population that at that time were uneasy about the, the, the state's bicultural policies. However, he was coming from a classical liberal point of view. He was saying that um, a state shouldn't <coughs> recognise group rights. It should only recognise individual rights, mm. and, and, and that the state should take... Um, uh, should have no legalistic definitions of certain ethnic groups or uh, of certain categories of people in society. And this is very much what the French state does. The French yes. state takes no surveys uh, indicating what ethnicity people come from. It says that everyone is a French citizen and they have individual rights. There's legitimate and strong arguments against that classical liberal point of view, but it's not inevitably racist to say that you don't believe in the state uh, legislating for group rights. That's, that's a, that has a strong basis in, in, in philosophy and in political philosophy. Um, saying that, though, I, I do think um, Brash has chosen to... Um, appeal to sections of the population that feel that Māori are privileged, which mm. is obviously rubbish, um, and um, um, maybe all, but to a degree to, to, yeah, to people who are classical liberals, who don't agree with group rights. So, um, but nonetheless, uh, um, the best way to challenge Brash is to challenge his ideas. Mm. And if we just say, no, these ideas classical liberal ideas or ideas that you might see as racist are not legitimate and we don't debate them, we no-platform these people effectively, we ban them, then actually the left and liberals and multiculturalists and, and people who advocate for Māori rights uh, get pretty sloppy and rusty with their own arguments uh, and um, can't, in, in effect, uh, show themselves unable to actually challenge these people on theoretical and philosophical grounds. Mm. 
I be, believe very much in a dialectical approach uh, in that um, the best way to push forward ideas uh, and, and to uh, articulate your own ideas is to argue with opponents. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, if you refuse to argue with opponents, then really your ideas slip pretty quickly just in being uh, platitudes and propaganda. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of his views don't differ, aren't very far away from Winston Peters' views. No. And we don't see people walking, you know, banning Winston Peters from speaking on campus mm-hmm. or anything like that. I mean, they, they both want to abolish Māori seats. Um, you know, I don't think mm-hmm. Brush really understands why Māori seats were formed in the first place, uh, which is sad in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, they both want to abolish a so-called race quota, um, you know, and, uh, the, the, you know, this problematic... Uh, the, um, yeah, there's hypocrisy here. There's hypocrisy. And, and then there's stuff like, um, you know, the Hobson's Pledge. Where um, you know Brash and his uh, crew think that um, Maori ceded sovereignty to the Crown uh, because of the Pakeha version mm. of the the treaty, totally ignoring the Maori version of mm. the treaty, of which was signed and read by the chiefs, the only one that was, where in which they didn't cede sovereignty uh, to the Crown. So, um, and I don't exactly know where um, Winston Peters lies on that, but. Um, the, well, I mean, you're absolutely right, though. Um, I, I always like to cheekily say that Winston Peters is the left and the Liberals' pet racist, yeah. and mm. and, I, and and there is truth in that. That his views, um, uh, when he's but at he his hard, mo- he's Maori himself. Yeah, but when he's at his hardcore in terms of attacking immigration, in terms of attacking uh, so-called race privilege, he comes very much across as a, an alt-right type figure mm. uh, his, his rhetoric isn't much different to the two Canadians who were chased out of the country his rhetoric isn't too different to as you said Don Brash uh, of course when Winston Peter gets into power gets a bit, you know, a ministerial post then often he uh, leaves aside his more extreme politics but yeah nonetheless why why aren't people calling for a ban of Winston Peter's talking mm. around the country but this isn't hate speech though what Don Brash no. is doing is not hate speech no and I think you can actually find some issues in which Don Brash is to the left of Winston Peters or holds views that are traditionally more to the left of Winston Peters. Like, Don Brash is less anti-immigrant <laughs> than Winston Peters. You know, Don Brash supported gay marriage. Winston Peters just com- kind of completely fudged <laughs> on the issue. Um, and we don't really know whether he, su- he supported gay marriage or not. You know, so there's a whole number of things on which Brash is a social liberal and take social liberal positions that are more liberal than Winston than Winston Peters. Mm. In fact, on immigration, he may well be less racist than what the Labour Party is. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, Labour promised to slash immigration by tens of thousands and targeted the Chinese and, and community. And targeted the Chinese so. community, but who's who? Where are these people saying, "Oh well, let's no platform Jacinda Ardern," or "Let's no platform Phil"? What's Twyford. his name? Phil Twyford. Oh. Um, yeah, th- there's none of that going going on at all. So it's it's a very kind of strange, um, you know, anti-racism. Also, let's go back to the O'Reilly speech because I mean that was a pretty awful speech. But what did Don Brash do next? He went along to the Wananga and told them their funding would be safe under a national government. You know, I mean, one of the things I didn't like about Don Brash was that that Orewa speech was playing to an audience. It was playing to a kind of redneck audience that had a chip on their shoulder because 
some Māori were getting some things. Mm. And he played to that awful kind of chip-on-the-shoulder mentality that, you know, is a bit more widespread in New Zealand than what we... Oh, we, totally. we often We, we often <laughs> think when we sit in, you know, liberal spaces... In, in the in the, mm. uh, yeah, in the liberal bubble. Yeah. Um, so he was playing to that. But if he had of... If he had have led National into power, they wouldn't have done that. It's like, you know, Muldoon used to play that card as well. And when he got into power, a load of things that he said he was going to do, he never did and never intended to do. So Brash's real view, and more probably what he said to when he had a cup of tea and was welcomed at the Wananga, mm. there was no way he was going to stop funding for, for specific Māori initiatives like the Wananga. Yeah. You know, so he was... He was Playing a political game, now you know he's retired and, uh, from po- from party politics. He's out of it. He's largely, I mean, he's a cranky, silly old duffer, whose views may have a resonance with a certain part of New Zealand society, but it's not reflected in the power structure at all. The people that make the decisions in New Zealand are not people who agree with Don Brash's views. Mm. You know, he has no power to do anything other than get some publicity for himself um, he increasingly appears like a like a old dinosaur crank and meanwhile the people that do make decisions that affect people's lives including the lives of Maori, lives of um, Pacific um, Island people and, and immigrants in New Zealand they're left untouched you know, like I wonder, out of those 500 people who protested against Don Brash in Auckland last night, and, you know, I'm all for protesting against um, um, Don Brash, but I wonder how many of those 500 people are really anti-racist. If you ask those 500 people, how many of you are totally against immigration controls? Would the, would the 500 people say, yeah, we are? What are immigration controls? They're racist. They're not directed at white middle-class Americans and Brits and, and yeah. Australians who come here. They're designed to keep out poor, dark people. Immigration controls are racist. And I bet that most of the, most of the people who protested Don Brash, and I bet the Vice-Chancellor at Massey, support immigration controls. Yeah. Well, it's a big thing, and, and um, it's a platform that Labour, <coughs> Labour ran on. And yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's not let, let's no platform Phil Typhon and Jacinda Ardern, who actually have the power to mm. mess up the lives of migrants and asylum seekers, um, trying to make a better life by by coming to New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said before, there's there's probably thirty percent of the population. I, I I would think agree at least in part with mm. Don Brash, mm-hmm. without doubt. I mean, and the only way you can change those people's mind is having open dialogue and open debate. Yeah. Like so, other points of because they'll never, you know, they'll never listen to a barking left's point of view because they're just being yelled at. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you enter into proper debate and have a chat. But once again, I mean, this he was going to talk about being his <laughs> life in politics. And somebody wrote on Facebook, took a gun. And it was just a stupid offhand comment. Uh, and, you know, so I, I don't know if that was the catalyst or did the Vice-Chancellor get all gun-ho because of what happened last week with the Canadians yeah. and think, right, this is the popular train of thought right now. Yeah. Let's, you know, Massey fucking stand up and, you know, yeah. we'll look great in the spotlight, yeah. but we'll still use the name Massey. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would also be interesting to see who Massey has handed out 
these bogus honorary PhDs to as mm. well. I wonder who's on that list. And mm. I bet there's some not very savoury people on oh. it. Like New Zealand universities hand out honorary PhDs to people who have done far, far more damage than what Tom Brash has done, mm. yeah. you know, which is not to... And I, th- I think the, the, the Vice-Chancellor has actually been completely disingenuous uh, in, uh, when she used the, the security issue yeah. to ban Don Brash. Uh, she had written a couple of weeks ago in, a, in an article saying that she would not allow so-called hate, hate speech on campus. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, and, and, and she put that in effect with, with Don Brash. No. She also, it seems that she has actually <laughs> lied. Uh, she said that um, she had contacted the police and discussed this matter, and uh, to my knowledge, the police are saying no, th- this matter was never discussed with yeah. them. So it seems like possibly she's lying as mm. well, or being forgetful, if we're to be uh, generous to her. Um, she's got an agenda. She's got a, a certain form of politics where she sees certain uh, ideas and, and beliefs as beyond the pale. Uh, and but. Massey University is not her institution. It's not an institution of uh, of woke liberals. It's not an institution of of left wingers. It should be an institution for a, a range of ideas across the political spectrum, uh, um, coming from different philosophical schools of thought, um, and, and and we should w- welcome the diversity of ideas, mm. just as much as we welcome diversity in terms of ethnicity, sexuality, um, etc. Uh, we should welcome the diversity of ideas as well. Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be a place where uh, if you ups- insult somebody or upset somebody, mm. you're out. Mm. I mean, that's just absolutely no. ridiculous. I mean, and there are extreme cases. Uh, oh, there is an argument where, where you can directly link someone's speech or someone's propaganda with acts of violence. Uh, so you've got cases in Europe. Let's take an example like in Greece, you've got a, a new fascist movement called Golden Dawn. Now they're very different. They always have those kinds of names, <laughs> eh? Like, yeah. It sounds spooky and evil and like a yeah. wing of the Nazi party. Well, they're quite yeah. open about it. They use a swastika type symbol. Oh. Uh, they're very different to the National Front or to UKIP in Britain uh, or to the French. Freedom Party in Holland, which are all populist right-wing parties, but Golden Dorm has organised militias that go around beating up people, and some of their members have been involved in uh, killing uh, refugees and immigrants. So there, there is an argument there that in some cases... Uh, I would support the right to shut down oh, their that, platform yeah. where their speech can be directly linked to violence. But that's not the case with Don Brash. That's not even the case with a whole lot of alt-right figures from uh, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos to the uh, two Canadian figures, uh, and even to Alex Jones. So uh, the, one of the arguments for banning Alex Jones from all these uh, social media platforms is that his speech is linked with uh, violence against uh, Muslims or ethnic minorities or immigrants he's certainly I mean he's a nut job and he he says pretty offensive things but this is a very dangerous precedent where a person who is followed by millions and millions and millions of people in America uh, is, is being shut down in the public arena and even though you could argue, well, uh, Facebook and Twitter and Google, these are private institutions, more and more so our ability to speak in public is is on these social media platforms. If we shut off these social oh, media platforms, our right to actually enter into discourse in the public arena, arena is shut down. The President of the United States, Twitter is his voice. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah. but, uh, oh, God, I kind of lost my train of thought there because I got so <laughs> outraged, to be honest. But, 
I mean, we've got this whole problem around this term hate speech as well, because people who don't like something are now defining it as hate speech. Mm. Yeah. So it's people's objection to the content of the speech, or they feel uncomfortable, or whatever. So it's defined as as, as hate speech, and then hate speech becomes a sort of all-encompassing thing, and is used to ban. You know, is yeah. used to ban. Well, I actually hate the term hate speech. You know, like. There's racist speech and there's misogynist speech and there's various other things, but the answer to it, yeah, is to actually show why those ideas are wrong, rather than simply um, patronise the mass of the population by saying, "Oh, you can't listen to this speech," because the flip side of the thing about you know Don Bash- Brash's free speech is the right of people to actually hear views and make up their own minds yeah. rather than have the nanny state tell them, oh, you or some institution of it, some individuals within the, the structure of, of this thing, like the VC at Massey, say, oh, no, no, I'm nanny and you can't listen to this, this speech. And that's that's really patronising of the mass of the people. You don't trust them, and it's a standard kind of sort of liberal contempt for the masses. Oh, the stupid masses. Oh, the dumb, unwashed, unclean, you know, uncivilised, uneducated masses. They will hear this stuff and they will go out and they yeah, will that's right. they will do blah blah blah. Well, no, no. Well, exactly, exactly. And no, I have to leave it there. We've got to go. Okay. I apologise, but this is the thing, you know. And the, who's the violence coming from? Who's yeah. being incited to violence? Are they thinking yeah. that Don Brash is going to say something, and then people are going to go out and beat up and beat people up, or, yeah. or, or is the violence coming from the protesters and the left? Uh, and what happens in the future if you just don't like someone's <coughs> opinion? You just write on Facebook, right? I'm going to go beat someone up, and then everybody gets shut down. It's <laughs> shutting down all debate, <laughs> and it's going to set a terrible terrible precedent yeah. where oh, I don't like what they've got to say so I'm going to say I might punch somebody and then everything's going to be shut down shut down yeah, yeah. alright hey thank you Very both for coming dangerous. in this morning it's always Cheers. a pleasure